0: Welcome to the Security Disciple Podcast. I'm your host Seth Melendez, owner of Wear Geek Solutions. Thank you for coming. Going back to ransomware, ransomware, you need to be backing up your data, uh, and you have to back up your data on a timely uh, schedule. You know you're, what you're doing is during the week. You're doing uh, what they call differentials. It's just it's just that you you back up full, do a full backup or, or once a week. And then the rest of the week is just going to be any changes, anything that's needed. Then at the end of the week, you know, starting the new week, you're going to do a full backup. And then that's how you, you're restoring. So if you blow up on Wednesday, I can restore you to Tuesday's day. Oh, okay. You know, so if at, at work you lose maybe a few hours or maybe a day uh if for whatever reason those differentials are not there you're only going to lose a few days for the beginning of the week let's say you back up on sundays or fridays whatever day you're just going to go back to that uh so the least you'll you know the the, the most level loo- you lose is a week if you happen to be on the far end of that week or you'll lose a few days uh so hopefully the gifts and were taken and, and uh and now you will lose only a few hours if that's the case. You know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, if it blows up on Wednesday and you back up on Sunday, uh, we'll get you to Tuesday. And if it happened to have done the backups before this thing blew up on Wednesday, then you're only gonna lose a few hours. And
1: Pretty good. But if I pay the ransom, which I don't even know how I get Bitcoin, that's- Yeah, they'll, they'll tell you today, how to do it. They'll correct. provide you a link. Time.
0: They'll provide you a link and give you the steps on how to do it. Oh, they're very right, descriptive. they're making
1: it really easy. So oh, they're making really I, easy. If I pay them, I mean, so yes, I would, well, I'm not saying I would. So if someone paid them and you now have all of your computer stuff back, does that mean that they don't still somehow have access to all of your stuff? I mean, are they guaranteeing if you give
0: them the money, then they're done with you? No, that doesn't mean anything. They can come back at you. They're criminals. You know what I mean? There's no, there's no honor amongst thieves. You know, sure. you know if, if a guy robs you on a corner and he runs away, <laughs> and you're walking or trying to, you know, three blocks down, is there a rule that says he can't rob you or get at you again three blocks down? No. The difference is you don't have any more money, so he's not going to come back at you. So, you know? it's uh, it's it, the thing is is where if you are hit by ransomware uh-huh. and you pay them they'll open it up Never, it's been you know it's happened in police departments and it, I, I remember state troopers were, were grabbed and they paid because they weren't prepared and the the data was released they were able to get back in and that's it was cheaper for them to pay, then it's to go through all the hell of having to restore and clean and you know go through the whole remediation process. And that was a decision they made. It was a bad decision, but hey, it's on them. Um,
1: so I know you've talked about like um, the business continuity and like disaster recovery. Is that what would protect like I mean, part of a plan, yes. Or something?
0: Yeah, they, a lot of them have their own disaster recovery planning specifically for ransomware. There's oh, okay. a section in there they'll have for ransomware.
1: But it sounds like maybe some of those municipalities didn't and that's why they're willing to pay just to get their stuff back?
0: Realize that they didn't implement everything properly or they forgot something. You know, it, it's, it's one of the reasons why a lot of people will pay. They think, ah, I got you, and then it's, uh, <laughs> okay, no, they got me. You know, they think they can get around it, you know, My municipality was back you know last year and um i didn't like the response and the way they did it and you know just they they did nothing uh the malware that went out and the attempted ransomware well actually they did lock down a couple of the backups i mean a couple of drives but it wasn't successful because they were able to stop it quickly they was able they were able to stop it in progress which was good they locked a lot of things down i just didn't like their whole remediation process and the and the uh transparency that was my biggest issue um so they you know they were able to stop it in its place before it went further uh and so then they were able to react to it and whatever data that was locked down they were able to restore somewhere else because of backup so they didn't need that location they can wipe that thing out now they can wipe out that drive and wipe out that server and then, and then you know uh restore it from a uh previous backup and then allow them to now restore the data and continue working uh so they were able to do all these things um rather quickly uh took about two three days for them to you know get the service back up uh usually some people can get it done within a few hours okay they went, the process they went about left a lot to be desired but as long as the data in the end was not compromised and you know we could debate their process, but the fact is, is they stopped it, you know? Uh, and so we were able to get back up and running within a week. Uh, my problem was that's the whole problem, it's a week. You guys could have done this a lot simpler and a lot faster uh, had you followed a different type of process. So we were arguing about process, we were arguing about basic remediation and things like that.
1: Um, I mean a week so, is a long time. I can't imagine exactly. a home computer not being available for a week, let alone exactly. a municipality exactly. or a business. Oh my gosh. A
0: business and that's my <laughs> point. And you know the, the service provider was like, oh that's fast. Uh, I don't know in what book. If I'm a business, I can't be down for a week. I can't, yeah, fast not, you can't call you can't call, you know, not call your clients and, and have not access to the different systems that I support them with. Or whatever it is, you know, you know somebody can be, you know, uh, tr- you know, obviously now it's not a big relevant business, but a travel agent, you know, or somebody, you know, can I not answer my customers? Oh, where's my tickets? Or I have a problem or I'm stuck in this country. What's going on? Okay, I'm just going to ignore you for a week. You know, just, yeah. just doesn't. it's just not going to happen. And, you know, if you're a medical provider, oh, I'm down for a week. What about all those appointments? And, you know, come on. It just doesn't make sense to me. And so uh, that's where I was battling with them and the service provider uh, in the sense that this was just not acceptable. They took I know, it as, oh, it's a win. Uh, my thing was, uh, it's not a win.
1: True. Well, I know you work a lot with lawyers and law offices, too. So I have to think, if I am a client of a law office who got hit by ransomware, even you know if it takes them a week, I'm still worried that my private information that my lawyer had is compromised.
0: Well, that's one of the biggest things about ransomware is uh, they do, in certain circumstances, we've seen that they do have access to the data. Yeah. They can read the data. Uh, and so if they choose, they can copy the data elsewhere and utilize it for whatever other nefarious uses they have. So they so can the read the data. My lawyer might
1: put their stuff back, but my stuff is still floating around out right. there. And so. now.
0: So they, you know, they compromised, you know, and they don't know what they have. A lot of times they, and that's the biggest thing. Uh-huh. The problem with the, a lot of the ransomware, well, the biggest issue with ransomware is they're not trying to get your data. They're trying to get your money. They're locking your data down. And if they, okay. if they try to sift that data up, it has to go somewhere. And that's the likelihood of them, you know, makes it easier to get caught or it's easy to try to get tracked. Uh, makes it easier for them to be tracked where that data went so that's why it's we lock you down you pay us we open it up so a lot of that was what ransomware does but some of the other malware that are out there they're trying to get your data and and, and pull information and things like that so you know either way whether they rob you with a gun rob you with a bat it's all the same difference you know <laughs> if they steal your car it's all the same it's all a crime and you can call it you know uh Carjacking, you know, robbery, whatever you know, stickups, you know, it, it's whatever it is. It's all crimes, and they're just after your money, and they're after your property, and in this case, they're after your data. Some places they're looking for data. Data is king. Uh, just the other day, uh, Twitter was hacked, and oh. part of what Twitter was hacked uh, is because they went after the employees. Uh, they directly went after employees and they did a phishing expedition, and if I'm mistaken, uh, I think it was only like 400 uh, counts compromised, yeah. and it was compromised like celebrities and high profile people, uh, and that's because they went after the admins. They f- specifically went after the admins
1: so ah. that they had admin
0: access, and I think they compromised based on 30 some odd, maybe 40 some odd uh, system admins. That's how they compromised. They got the data from them, and was able to statement that they, they got their uh, accounts or authentications and were able to now get in and bypass the multi-factor authentication. And now they had access to all these accounts. They had Obama's, they had a ton of other people uh, out there, celebrities. I think they had Mark Cuban and then they, and all they did was say, Hey, I'm involved in this new money-making deal. This, uh, you know, click on this link and." you know get in with us whatever they just wanted it as a a tool to try to get people to click links to get money uh they didn't do it for other reasons they could have done multiple other things and he didn't do um
1: well like you've said before too when people get hacked the hackers are going oh so she uses the same you know susie at my email.com she's always using that and then her password is you know password one two three so it seems like if somebody breaks into one, they're probably going to try all of your stuff, right?
0: Yeah. And that's where we, we get into the that, that's, where that's where we get into the code. password management stuff. Sorry. We've we've had these conversations. Yeah. We get into that because people don't manage their password properly. Yep. or they usernames. Um and the likelihood is, is that if I use a password at home, even though I may be, you know, Susan B at Hotmail <laughs> and then I go to work and they have a different format, which is, you know, S, you know, in the last name blank at, you know, whatever company, abc.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I can put the two together, so if I know Susan blank works at ABC. So what I, in, in a sense is once that information goes out to the dark web or out to the internet, that information is out there. it's been exposed because they got to Netflix, it's been exposed because they got to Salesforce. Whatever that information is, if I see, and remember, these people are very quick. Yeah. There's people in the dark web, uh, a lot of them are professionals, hackers and otherwise, and they collect data, and they know how to put data together quickly. So if they're grabbing these different databases out there that have been exposed, they can now try to put together Susie from her Hotmail and Susie from ABC together relatively quickly and realize it's the same person and now they're gonna go and they're gonna try to log into anything related to ABC using whatever passwords they found about Susan. Which is why go-
1: you have come up with so many different password tips for people. And it's like, right. since I started working with you, I mean, I always had kind of hard passwords, but now I've learned you know, using phrases and I also am using right. password managers. So I can make really long, complicated phrases. You know and rely on my password manager to help me out and to remember them
0: right and it, it, you know the password manager is good for storing with you, know, you go with the old school you know um, multiple types of characters and and uh, uh things like that some people like that with the long um passwords you know 8 10 12 and it's yeah. just random letters and and, and 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 characters and things like that that's fine uh, you're just not going to remember it when you want to get into your Chase account. You know, you're not going to remember those long passwords. But if you want to have ability to remember at least a few of them, then your best bet is to use a password phrase. And a password phrase will give you that ability to remember. It's just words. It could be random words. There are generators out there. Uh, Pass1 one is one of the few that uses pass phrases versus just standard passwords. Uh, so you can... Uh, use passphrases and that will give you you know whether it's uh, I can generate one here, uh, here you go so
1: make a passphrase I don't want to have it be like I live at one two three Main Street I want to have it be something like the red car in the driveway at the White House and people will be like what is that
0: well my thing is is anything <laughs> to you but try not to get anything that you know, people can try to figure out. My yeah. You know, a friend of mine uh, had a password for a while that was like, uh, "My, you know, I won't say his brother's name." But yeah. Catherine, "Catherine is killing me," you know, and uh, it, it, you know, I was looking, I was like, "It's kind of a little short." He was like, "Catherine is killing me slowly every day." <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and, just, and that was his password for a while. When he's daughter find out about it, she was angry at him. That he had to change it. He went changed it. I think
1: wouldn't be that happy about that. Right, but it was,
0: but that particular day she was really (laughs) getting on him. So it was like, so he wrote that password. And then I I remember I was talking with a woman years ago. It was an executive I was working with her on an issue that she had, and she was stuck from home for a different reason. So I was working with her at her house, Uh, and while I was explaining her the passphrase thing, a little daughter was like, "Mommy, I understand it." The cow jumped over the moon. Oh, and my God. She, and, and, and the little girl and right there is like, see, she gets it, put together words. Now it can be things, nursery rhymes, it could be biblical passages, it could be, you know, things, memories from the trip, you know, you could talk about anything like that becomes a long passphrase. And and the funny is if I tell you the cow jumped over the, you know, if you really made that, you know, the cow jumped over the moon, because just uh-huh. minimum six characters. I mean six phrases. It should be uh the, you know the cow jumped over the moon and they think it's five. right <laughs> the brown cow jumped over the moon well it's usually <laughs> the cow that's what the little girl said. she didn't say the brown cow she said the cow jumped over the moon you know the things so, up um, so that's what one two three four five six eight or six, six so you can actually do that uh and you can actually go with any type of phrase that you like you know you could actually even do a longer bible passage and if you remember it you're good you don't have to oh, fumble yeah. you know you'll remember it you know if you take a passage out of the bible you know or whatever you read the quran or whatever you can actually do something like that uh in some people i know some people use you know uh some of their great you know writers and mystery writers i know somebody i know is an agatha christie uh, fanatic, and they wrote they, their passwords are related to identity uh, and they're random so you're not going to be able to guess. it. Um, so yeah. <laughs> that's one way to go about that but go back to this circumstance is there are two there are multiple things here when you when there is a breach and that's what we usually call that when information is out on the internet uh, when it's the data oh, a lot of times right, the, right the Netflix uh, there was two of them the big one Salesforce Mm-hmm. I think every every major uh company has been hit by a breach and that data a lot of times they collect the data and that data they don't even know they've been breached so they've been hacked using a phishing uh exploit or they've uh-huh. been hacked through malware or well, they and this is why I say you don't know so ransomware is hey give us your money others are pickpocketing you on a train and you don't realize you, oh, know they, okay. you know they're get, getting data from you or they're or they're surveilling you. You don't realize it. They're grabbing as much data as possible through different means. That data is collected. A lot of security experts out there, cybersecurity experts, troll the 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 black the, the dark web. They uh-huh. go out there and they troll it. They and most people. Just a quick, I just so people understand. And this thing is taking. A, these questions are going to take a lot longer than we have. So we'll do a yeah. part two. We'll definitely do a part two. Yes. uh The dark web is just unregulated space Un, uh, it doesn't have a domain name. Uh, the dark web isn't just a nefarious place where everything happens. The dark web is a place where there are databases and things like that. And they just are unregulated or unnamed. So there are a lot of databases that companies have or access to, through uh, email servers or whatever it may be it's just a back end of all of these corporations and businesses and municipalities that are not, and I say regulated, but that's the best term I can think of. It's not monitored. It's not, uh, it doesn't have a domain name. They're all just IPs. And so a lot of these guys will just go out there and start surfing in a sense they scan areas. They'll take a large range of IPs that they think are major corporations and just scan and see what they find. And they'll go to areas that they've been at before. Okay, these are municipalities and these are you know, different things. So, and they know that it's a hosting company because a lot of times, uh, well, IPs are, are assigned based on to a hosting company or of their, to a municipality. They'll have an IP range. And so I'll search and sift through an IP range. And it's not that they're trying to act themselves. What they're doing is see what's open you left the door open. You left the window open and just checked. Oh, okay. And so a lot of these guys, or they suspect, you know, some guys find little hiding holes where uh, one of them was a company that did hosting. It's a small company. I think it was in Europe, somewhere up in uh, Scandinavia, Denmark. I don't remember where it was. But they were, it was a hosting company. So they hosted different types of businesses. What they didn't realize was someone had broke in and in a sense, opened up their own local, their own uh, hosting. Within the hosting, they put up their own server. Oh and they were, they were storing the data that they were stealing. They actually had a database running within the back end within this hosting company. So somebody put up a database within a hosting company and no one knew. And then they were sitting there collecting data and the this became almost like, you know, the place where the robbers put all their you know, their stuff before they sold it. So they broke in somewhere and stole stuff and stored it here and this this particular uh cyber guy was sifting was basically going through all the ips of this hosting company he had gotten a hold of it he's like oh let me check all of these and all the ips assigned to all the different hosts uh that were within the hosting company and he's just going through all of them just checking different things and just happened to run across an internal server of that hosting company that was compromised. Oh my gosh. And when he searched, he realized it was a database. He was able to access it relatively easy. Uh, And he was able to find a bunch of data that was collected. And he released that. And there were a bunch of other people. uh, There was a couple other places that happened to uh, where they found the databases of the hackers and they had collected millions of names. Uh, and so those things were released. So these guys are collecting data for who knows how long. You've been compromised. You don't realize it. And they're compromising other locations and they're just grabbing data. And then they're just collecting that data. And then all of a sudden some, some uh, cybersecurity guy trips over it. And then they release that information. And that's how we know you're compromised. Or somehow somebody finds internally through a suite or some type of auditing, they've been compromised. And so once they do that, then it's like, we don't know what's compromised yet. You know, uh, so they will um, go into an internal audit and try to figure out what's compromised, like Netflix and all these. They never knew the, the, the exact items that were sold. They just figured, okay, it's going to be usernames, going to be passwords, going to be, you know, credit card information, you know, all that pertinent information that you have. On these databases that were exposed to the internet security, uh, cybersecurity guys exposed and let people know, they have a gamut, uh, a gamut of information. And so that means that your information is out there. And if let's say you're a company or you are a marketing person or a salesperson, and you subscribe to Salesforce or any of tons of you know social media apps or whatever it may be sales apps, business apps, Quicken. If those things are compromised, it's out on the internet.
1: So is that why sometimes, you know, there's a hack and it takes, you know, weeks or months for the big company to release that information? Do they just not That's, know that they've been hacked?
0: Or sometimes, they- they know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they don't know. Sometimes it's PR. Sometimes they don't know. Sometimes it's PR. Uh, some people didn't realize they were hacked until it was brought to their attention that their information is on the internet. Uh, the dark web scans, a lot of uh-huh. companies, that's a service that we offer also, is we do, do dark web scans. You give us your emails, you give us all your employees' emails. Not, not only do we do a domain sweep, uh, but we'll do an individual sweep that will let you know if your information uh, is out on the internet. So, you know, your domain. In general, maybe, you know, if you're Uh abc.com, you you may come up in multiple places, but who is, is being compromised? That's where you want to know. Is it, is it Uh. Bob? Is it Joe? Is it the janitor? You want to know who, and you know, what the level of access and authority authentication do they have? Uh, So, because the fact is, is if I, let's go Bob, Bob Jones is working at ABC. If I, Find out that Bob Joe Bob Jones has been his information's out there, his username password. But then I sit there and correlate with a bunch of Netflix and banks and all the other stuff, and realize the same Bob Jones. Because I look up in the data and say, "Oh, yeah. so imagine, same address, oh, that's the same credit card." Okay, so even though he may have changed that credit card, that identifying information will now link them together, and that's what people understand. So you 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 disconnect that credit card. But on the internet now, Bob Jones—it's a—it's a, a very you know plain name, meaning that, yeah. and it's a lot—the a name that can go thousands of people. But now, not only address, but even if the address had changed, if he put a credit card in, now I can look at it and say, now that data's out there, and I've got two Bob Jones. How do I make them connect? Oh, that credit card is the identifying mark now. Oh my gosh! Because he used the same credit card. So now I know Bob Jones is the Bob Jones that works at ABC and that lives at one two three Main Street and he has five other addresses because I've got you know I got his Netflix account I got up so all of his the last ten years of his life I now have because I've you know, all the data that have compromised so now I look at Bob Jones's passwords and if Bob Jones has not really changed passwords much in ten years or he keeps using a variation of poop C one two three you know, and he changed that around, or, you know, my loving wife, Joan, and yeah. or something to that effect that uses Joan's birthday. And, and he doesn't really use a long password. Uh, now I can sit there and look at tendencies. And then what they do is then they go to Chase. They go to every bank in every place. They'll go to all the different businesses. They'll try to hack uh, ABC with all of Bob Jones' tendencies and passwords. Thank you for listening to the Security Disciple Podcast. My name is Seth Melendez, owner and president of Wear Geek Solutions. Please reach us at 877-653-7146 or on the web. You can contact us at www.weargeeks.com, W-A-R-E-G-E-K-S.com or at info at Thank you.